Hello, everyone. Welcome to Counseling Conversations with Christine and Carmel, brought to you by the Illinois Counseling Association. And we are your co-hosts, Christine Barker, LCPC, and Carmel Brown, LCPC. And thank you for joining our conversation about all things counseling, where we aim to encourage, enlighten, and empower mental health professionals. Our mission is to connect, inform, support, and direct mental health professionals in the state of Illinois to improve the quality and value of the mental health field. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Counseling Conversations with Carmel and Christine by the Illinois Counseling Association. We have with us today a amazing guest whom Christine is going to introduce to us. Thanks, Carmel. Okay, so today, everyone, we have Jennifer Fromel, um, LCPC, and she is also coming to us today to talk a little bit about the Insurance Task Force because she is the chair of the Insurance Task Force, if I understand correctly. Um, for the Illinois Counseling Association. So insurance is always such a hot topic uh, in our field. And so we couldn't wait to do some more digging and ask some questions surrounding insurance and the awesome things that the Insurance Task Force is doing for our counselors in Illinois. Um, so a little bit about Jennifer. She's the owner of Innovative Counseling Partners, which currently has 35 providers and eight interns. Wow, that is a lot of people. We're going to have to talk after the show, Jennifer, because I have some questions for you. <laughs> sure. Slightly smaller, but it looks like we're on a similar track here. Um, you, she has six locations, and uh, one of which, which they own, and they do provide pro bono services uh, in connection with family focus. Uh, their practice assesses and treats an integrative and trauma-informed approach to mental wellness. Jennifer has been a licensed clinical professional counselor since 1999, and she is the lead liaison of the insurance task force for the ICA since 2008. Wow. That took me a minute because I saw two zeros. I was like, wow, what? <laughs> see two zeros. Um, so Jennifer, tell us a little bit about yourself. Obviously, I just kind of went over like a brief, you know, introduction of yourself, but tell us a little about yourself and your history in the counseling field. Yeah, so I actually uh, started having interest in the counseling field uh, in my undergrad days. Um, I started the um, psychology club um, at my university, uh, Millican University, and um, we started to do out in the community work. And I got experience then uh, working, uh, uh, su supporting people at the domestic violence shelter and then um, from there, we started working with um, the local DCFS uh, residential facility. And um, I was volunteering initially there, kind of supporting their youth, um, and because they had no programming for their for their youth. And um, and then from there, I, I became a line staff and sort of working on the girls side, the adolescent girls side, and really just found myself loving that work. Um, providing counseling and um, I was kind of between, do I go the pre-med route fully and go to medical school or do I stick with the psychology kind of counseling field? And uh, well, clearly we can tell what I decided. <laughs> <laughs> good, good choice, good choice. Yeah. Are, yes. are you happy with your path? <laughs> I think so, yeah, I really do, yeah. 
Well, and it sounds like you're doing so much more, you know, it's maybe that was sort of foundational for you, that initial experience into, you know, providing pro bono services, working with family focus. We have a family focus in our area too, that we've worked with um, and providing that care in that way for those individuals. So you obviously have a passion for it. Yes. Tell us about the ICA and your involvement with the ICA. So um, it was probably, I don't know, around 2007 or so. Um, I had, Fran Giordano and I had met in 1995. And uh, back then, you know, we were more so just kind of, you know, sharing resources with each other. And, and I want to say, yeah, it was probably about 2007. Um, Fran had, you know, I was telling her I was, I was angry. Um, I was really angry about how um, our LCPC licensure was kind of looked down upon and not seen as equal to the LCSW licensure. Um, and, you know, Fran was like, you, you, you need to use that anger. And I was like, I do? And she's like, oh, yeah, you need to use that anger. I said, how? And she's like, well, yeah, the Illinois Counseling Association, you know, and, and I really think that it would be beneficial, you know, to have you participate. And so at that time, um, Carrie Thone was uh, one, of the, one of the folks that I had met through IMCA. Uh, Michelle Karoulis back in the day was, was working as a SAS worker. You know, um, we were working, doing meetings kind of on the fly at the basement of River Edge Hospital. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it gives you a little insight. You know, we were, it was rugged. And um, and so I started just involving myself then. And then as, you know, more HMO stuff started coming out, um, I, I ended up joining the insurance task force and, um, you know, really kind of found you know, found a place here in the task force work where it really made sense to me. Um, even even in its most nonsensicalness, it made sense to me. Um, and so I've I've continued to do that and you know consult with group practices related to insurance. And um, I've actually was part of a, an organization. They asked me to come out to Laguna Beach, California, and did a Ooh. conference um, with with a lot of hospitalists on insurance for mental health billing because it's to them mental health billing is it's like this unknown thing um so i've yeah i've been really digging it that is awesome because the insurance task force i i want to see if you you can for our listeners who don't really know what does the insurance task force do because this is so integral i so i'm going to give you a little context i me and you, I think I wrote this to to you in our email exchange, uh, are part of a similar large group practice consultation. Uh, it's the one on Fridays at 11 o'clock. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, the, the leader of that group sent out an email right after I joined that consultation group that had a video of you and um, I, I believe, I'm trying to think who else was in the video, but it was the insurance task force people answering questions about insurance and yes. about, you know, different things. And it seemed like it was to students who were just entering into the field and yes. answering questions about career path and, and things like that. I truly believe there, there's such a lack of education, not just in graduate school programs and 
Fran kind of addressed that in the video, like there's not a whole lot of extra room for like extra stuff in grad school programs um, because it would cost more time and more money to implement those things. So a lot of us counselors are just wandering around the world, like trying to figure out insurance for ourselves because nobody teaches you, right? Correct. And so I think it's so important to have an insurance task force and to really, our whole point of this podcast is to inform and educate and connect our counselors and other mental health professionals professionals in the state of Illinois um, on, on certain topics that aren't, aren't like commonly talked about, you know, and I'm a group practice owner and so is Carmel. And we've talked about this many times about, you know, there's so many things you don't know, you think you might know, or you think it might be easy and you get in there and it's a whole other world that you have to learn, whole other language you have to learn. And so uh, I just want to have you highlight a little bit on the, you know, what does the insurance task force do for yeah. counselors and mental health professionals? So the, the original group um, that had formed uh, was, was really Norm Dazenbrook and Bob Walsh. And the two of them kind of came together as an ad hoc committee of ICA uh, because of what, what everyone was talking about. Ooh, the HMOs are coming, the HMOs are coming, and what's that going to mean? And so the two of them kind of came together, and, you know, the, the gist of what they did at that time was really to educate providers in, in the task for, in, in the ICA um, about what was going on in the world. And so at this point, I, I you know, had heard about this, and then I had kind of learned a little bit more. And at the time, there was a big brouhaha going on that, that the Blue Cross was, was again, underpaying LCPCs um, for providing counseling and therapy services. So the gist of the task force was really, it was supposed to just be an ad hoc committee as was needed by virtue of changes happening, you know, kind of listening to the rumbling of the ground um, mm -hmm. and then, and then responding. Um, and so pretty much since 2008, uh, the task force has not just been ad hoc. It is a, a <laughs> monthly thing that is just constantly going. Um, and, and really it's that whole, what's the rumble and what are we doing about it? And, um, so I can tell you that, you know, we, as a result of that, that whole brouhaha, uh, Fran Giordano, uh, Joyce Martyr, one of our previous ICA presidents, Fran Giordano, one of our previous ICA presidents, um, and I believe, um, I think it was just two of them actually, went to Blue Cross. They were invited to Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, had a meeting, gave them all the specifics, Fran from the academic side of, of our training, and then Joyce having had Urban Balance, which I think at the time was about 35 clinicians, um, and said, you know, this is our story, and this is the deal, and you, you know, you guys are not understanding how the LCPC licensure is actually more well-suited for providing counseling mm -hmm. and therapy, and yet you are underpaying us. When they walked out the door, they already heard we're equating it. We're making it all equal as wow. before they even left the building. So that I would say was probably the biggest feather in the cap of the insurance task force at the time. Um, and since then, you know, as things come up, you know, billing changes, you know, we're losing the 99354 and the 99355 and, um, you know, those extended billing codes. 
that is the gist of what we're doing is we are hearing about things that are happening in real time and then we're notifying all the clinicians that are part of ICA. Another great point why you should be a part of the ICA. Every single interview we do, I always push this because when you get out into the world as a clinician, if you're not still connected to some other or some organization that gives you information, you don't have the information. Correct. And so this is a huge selling point for anyone who's listening. If you're not a part of the ICA, to join the ICA. And if you're not a counselor and go to your other organizations, social work organizations, psychologist organizations, and join. This is like very important information. This affects our livelihood and the future of our livelihood. Yes. Yeah. And, the and ICA, it prevents a lot of backtracking. Go ahead, Carl. I'm sorry. Say that again. I, I was talking. No, about I just say, and it prevents a lot of backtracking. When you have that information in real time, then you're less likely to have to go backwards and undo things or correct mistakes that have been made with billing and such. Correct. Which is such a painstaking process. Mm -hmm. Time yeah. and money. Costs you time mm -hmm. and money. For sure. Tell me about these rumblings. I cannot wait to hear what is happening. You said something about some we're losing some some add-on codes. Yeah, as effective January 1st, um, we lost the add-on code 99354 and 99355. Uh, just unilaterally, it was a decision that was made and then published. Um, so a lot of providers, you know, kind of came knocking at the insurance task force door saying, hey, I'm getting rejections. What's up with that? Um, so we did do an email blast. Um, you know, we reached out to Rachel and said, hey, you best let everybody know. Stop billing 99354s and 99355s because you're going to keep getting rejections. So just submit them without those add-on codes because you're not going to get it. And there's no replacing it at this time. Um, I think it's one of the things that's on our agenda is like, you know, do we want to go after that? Do we want to approach, you know, uh, the group that makes these decisions, you know, in terms of, you know, medical billing codes um, as to what that does for us as an organization? And just so people who are listening know, the 99354 in 99355, I know the 99354 is, is prolonged services. They both are. Is, they both are. Okay, I just, great, double checking that. <laughs> yeah. Because um, we speak in a lot of acronyms and codes and numbers a lot of times. So just if yes, people don't do. understand. Um, and that is for for longer than 90, you know, three, 837. Thank you, 837 codes. Um, can you tell that I'm not in billing anymore? <laughs> <laughs> up on the numbers right now with my brain but um yeah th that's a very important piece of like that that's going to restrict the kind of care that we give if we don't have that add-on code and we need to use it um yes. and then also what we're going to be reimbursed for even if we we try to do that and then we will get reimbursed for that that's affecting so Correct. many things yeah. um so good to know for anything sure. else on the horizon well, uh, we have been, you know, over the years trying to look at our rates of reimbursement. And, you know, I know insurance companies often say things like, you know, we'll only talk to you in an individually way. Um, and so what we have, have said is, okay, fine, we'll play by your rules, but we're going to educate our people to how to come to you and how to get approval for a higher rate of reimbursement. 
Um, and so, you know, we were pretty significantly able to get Cigna to bump up their rate, um, you know, and that probably was I'm trying to think um, in 2020, I want to say. Um, yes, I remember that. And that was huge. Yeah. And so the rate, the rate bumped up and the, that took me about a year and a half of, of a relationship building with Cigna. Um, and wow. yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was just about consistently going after and saying, Hey, we're building a relationship. You're understanding that like, I'm not going to let this go. Um, and I didn't let it go. And a year and a half later, um, they changed the rate across the board across the country. It wasn't just for Illinois anymore. Um, so everyone listening can thank Jennifer Fromall <laughs> for their increase. For my in consistency. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, thank you because so many people, I mean, we were in that same mix of thinking about dropping Cigna because they, they, we couldn't even cover our costs for our clinicians. Correct. Right. You know, with the, with the rates that they were paying. And so, I mean, right. there was a very significant bump. I mean, it was like $40. Yeah. 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 And Everybody you know, Jennifer a hand. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it, it, again, yeah. it was just, it was the persistence. And I think that Cigna was finally like, okay, fine. We're over it. You know, like, yeah. Leave me alone. we'll give Here's you $40. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I want my $40. Yes. Um, well, and it kept them in the game too. You know, yes, and hopefully they for thought sure. that that was the exchange is like, for people sure. are going to drop you, you know, providers aren't going to contact right. with you and you're not, your, your clients aren't going to have services to get to. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so these conversations, you know, so then we, we moved on to Magellan because everybody knew Magellan was mm -hmm. another whew, pain. Mm -hmm. And, um, and again, so, you know, what, what we did as a group was we did a lot of kind of behind the scenes digging. Um, you know, reaching out to different people, you know, at, coming to ICA members and saying, hey, does anybody have any insight about Magellan from the inside out? Um, we got a couple people who had once been employees and they were willing to answer some questions, um, give us some insight. And then literally, you guys, on December 23rd of, I believe it was 2021, I finally got the big fish. I got to talk to kind of like the guy who was in charge of all the guys. And oh, wow. he said, okay, okay, okay. Here's <laughs> how your providers can get an increased rate. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like Christmas, you know? Um, <laughs> and so literally, yeah, we were able to, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to write this up. I'm going to send it out to my peeps be prepared because they're going to come and they're going to yeah. ask for more money. And mm -hmm. they did and they got it. Um, Good. You know, some people, you know, kind of got caught up and, you know, so they'd reach back out to us and we'd give them like, no, 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 do this, not that. And, um, you know, that, that really worked. Um, so, so now um, we've kind of taken a little bit of a Trojan horse approach uh, with ComPsych and um, you know, we're, we're going after CompSych now. Um, so, you know, we're, we're just trying to knock them down one by one as much as we can. I think our, you know, our I bigger piece, our bigger piece that we're looking at is the 90847 reimbursement rate across mm -hmm. the board is definitely inadequate for counseling families and couples. 
Um, but again, it's that CPT code, much like that 99354 and 99355, that so negatively impacts us, you know, by not having those. Um, the 90847 negatively impacts practices and practitioners who, you know, they know if they bill a 90837, they're going to get more than if they bill a 90847. But from a billing perspective, as an org, you know, like a giant perspective, if we are not billing accurately, then that's a whole skewed perception by the industry of insurance. Mm -hmm. They don't see that there's that big of a need for it. But the only reason they don't see that they're that big of a need is because we're underbilling it because of the underpayment of it. Right. And that is such, it's so true. And it, it baffles me that a code like 90847, which is family and couples, it's more work. <laughs> totally more work. It's, it's more work. Like you as a practitioner are doing multiple levels of, of counseling in the same session at the same time. And right. it's more work and you get paid less. That makes no sense. So kudos right. for y'all for tackling that one. And if you need any support or help or advocacy, call me. I'm in. I see couples and, and have that same issue and would love to help. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we we usually once we kind of get to a point where we they've answered the door, you know, we're having some <laughs> conversation, then we start to pull, you know, the big guns out and we really, you know, we'll ask for things like, you know, what companies do you know that are using Compsych as their, you know, their carve out? And then we then then we then go back and we say to Compsych, "Hey, we just we want you to know that we have this list and we're gonna let them know how you treat your counselors. So, you know, a little a little arm twisting happens, um, metaphorically. Yes. And, <laughs> and you know, but then it's like more educational, right? So then, you know, we, you know, with Nona and Fran being part of that, we've got the background, right, of, of how counselors are educated and, you know, again, much like back in the day with Blue Cross Blue Shield, it really changed things um, by them being educated and understanding. You know, equally when we did Day on the Hill, um, gosh, probably eight years ago, maybe nine now, um, you know, at, in the U.S. Senate, you know, any of those senators, they had no idea the differential between an LCPC licensure and an LCSW. And so here we were, you know, sweaty, sitting there, DC heat. <laughs> telling them all about it, you know, yeah. um, and, and that day when we came back, uh, ACA, you know, got a phone call saying, you know, we've never gotten this many phone calls from senators after people going, talking door to door. And we thought, okay, cool. Then finally, maybe Medicare will happen. Um, and yeah. of course it didn't, but, but, you know, <laughs> we got January, 2024 coming. So yeah. Wow. Good for you guys. That is amazing. Yeah, truly, truly amazing. It's great to hear all of this grassroots information. This history is so important. And I've really enjoyed hearing from you, Jennifer, and from some of our other interviewees over the past few weeks, just talk about the beginning workings of ICA and all mm -hmm. the advocacy that's occurred. Hearing you use words like uh, rugged, <laughs> you, you <laughs> it was kind of rugged. And those of us today, such as Christine and I, 
we see the, the classy, elegant side of ICA. And you guys saw the rugged, rough side of it, and you have created what we see today. And it's such a joy to be able to be a part of this and to hear the history from yourself and others. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it is definitely grassrootsy, rugged background, but today it definitely feels, you know, it, it feels way, way classier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it, I think that you have all shown us that change can be made. And that's what, that's why this podcast exists, because Carmel and I wanted there to be more change in terms of people getting involved in the ICA. Like, if anyone's listening right now, this is your advocacy work. Like people are advocating for the amount of money that you take home. That is yeah. incredible that we have people who are volunteer, by the way, volunteer, nobody here gets paid for this, um, volunteering their time, their energy, their money, their efforts to ensure that we are compensated appropriately. And that takes years and years like it, that you, you know, like you just described, this is taking years to make a small change that all of us know already needs to be made. Right. But it's, it's a, a big change in the fact that it impacts so many of us in the field. Yeah. And I just want people who are listening to, to kind of take this seriously and know that you have people, whether you know who they are or not, and you don't realize what's going on and you know people just go oh well why don't i get paid more well you, there's 500 million steps in between you you saying that and that actually happening and jennifer and her team are the ones that are marching on the ground to try that yeah we need to care about it definitely yeah all right i'll get off my soapbox <laughs> That's okay. I get hot a little bit. We were enjoying that. Yeah. This is mild. Yeah. This is mild, Christine. It's completely necessary. <laughs> so, Jennifer, can you tell us some things that you think are significant or critical for counselors to know about insurance? Uh, this is a, a very hot topic. It's always changing, and there's always something new to learn. What do you think today? is most critical for counselors to know? I, I think the biggest thing is not to be afraid. Um, you know, I, I say this all the time at my practice is anytime I think a clinician starts to get like, I'm afraid, I'm scared, I don't wanna. That is a time you need to dig deeper and lean in. Because if it weren't for the fact that insurance reimburses us to do this work, we wouldn't have these jobs. And our clients wouldn't have the access that, that they have. And so caring about and learning about insurance and leaning into that, like, I don't really know if I want to, or I'm not a dollars and cents person. Those are all excuses that hold us back from further greatness and, and further movement and advocacy for people's mental wealth and health. Great. Thank you. And don't let any, I, I, when people say they're not dollars and cents people, I'm sorry. Everyone's a dollar and cents person. You, <laughs> I bet you like money when it's in your pocket and you know how much you go spend on a sweater. Right. 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 It's, it's application, you know? Exactly. 
Exactly. And like you said, you have to care about these things. And even if you're not an expert in money, it doesn't mean you can't go to counselor on the hill day or come, you know, join the ICA and say, I want to be in, I want to learn about the insurance task right. force. Right. Are, is the task force accepting like membership into your task force? So that's a really great question. Um, you know, we, we added Nona a couple of years ago. Um, the ICA president uh, rotates in and out. So the, the, the current president um, position ro rotates in and then stays on until their last year. Mm -hmm. um, we have not rotated many members simply because of the fact that it's almost like that too many cooks spoil the stew. Um, yeah. and, and so we also have kind of a standing member, um, uh, gosh, Rob Smith from the, from the LCSW camp. Um, awesome. and so he actually became an ICA member in November of 2020 because he said, you know, NASW wasn't doing this. Um, and so he had kind of partnered with us and then became a member, um, under ICA, but he's. I think he was applying or, or was running for, for NASW of Illinois chapter president. Um, so, you know, it, it, we don't really have openings, but I think when people come to us and say, hey, you know, like Nona said, hey, I have an interest. And I thought, you know, we're always running into these issues with academia because it's like here we're all real life and then academia is prepping for real life. But there's a bridge that like there's it's almost like a Grand Canyon size gap. And so if we can bridge that gap, you know, and so by having Nona and Fran on it um, has been really helpful. And and again, as you recognized, you know, that was one of the ideas was having that that, you know, podcast or whatever we did, um, you know, <laughs> that that was really an effort because we were getting word from people that, you know, private practice group owners were not doing good things with new grads and that new grads were not doing what they were supposed to be doing and that would put them at risk. And so we thought, well, gosh, well, what's a way to get it out there so people can hear it, you know? Um, and so that's, that's what we just decided to do. Do you all still continuously, which by the way, that's a fantastic idea. Like I, I love that. How can we get information to the new grads or people that are entering this field and prepare them because grad school can't or doesn't and ne neither are private practices or wherever they land. Like there's not enough implementation of like how this works and why these right. things are important integrated into hiring um, right. probably because it costs time and money. Um, right. do you, are you all still doing the video series? Cause I, th I thought that was extremely helpful. So what we did was we had kind of pre, we'd front loaded all of our questions. So we kind of knew the questions that new grads were asking. Um, you know, Nona had asked a bunch of, of her current students. And then um, a couple of, of the clinicians that I had brought in um, as LPCs had a whole slew of questions. I asked them, asked their friends. So we took all those questions and boiled them all down to the ones that are on those three episodes. Um, and then, and then we just decided, all right, well, for now, this is, it's turning into three episodes. And so that's kind of where we've left it. Um, but we have not, you know, we've not gotten other questions at this point. Um, we're definitely open to doing more. 
Um, I think it's just been the fact that we really front loaded a lot of those questions and then, um, you know, boiled it down into those three episodes. So how's this? I, because this has been, I think, very eye-opening, hopefully for a lot of our listeners as well. If you all want to come back on here and hopefully we get some traction and we don't have like one person listening to our podcast, but I think we will. Um, if you all want to come on here too, and I'm sure that we will get questions once you know we launch and once these things are released and we'll be asking you know, questions uh, you know, of what people want to talk about. Would you or Fran or Nona or Joyce be willing to come on again and maybe answer questions if we get questions on, you know, insurance related topics? Well, great minds think alike. I was actually going to say, you know, if there was anything that you were looking for for the podcast, like having a, a billing, you know, moment, you know, uh, as a part of the podcast, you know, mm -hmm. where it's just kind of a section where we hold space and you know spend 10 minutes or whatever talking about billing things i definitely would be open to that you know i think fran would be as well um you know i, I think again any way we can get the information out and have it be user friendly is always i think important i like that that's what we're aiming for Mm -hmm. I like that too, billing, a billing moment. And I do think people are going to want that. Don't you, Carmel? I think people are going to want to know, even, even if you don't own a practice or you're not in charge of billing, I think this is because I think that slips through those cracks, right? They're like, well, I'm still going to get paid what I'm going to get paid. So like, I don't really care. Um, but you should care because you could get paid but more. But you should care. We all got paid more. Yeah, and right. you should care, exactly. right? Because this is this is like the future of your career. And the more you advocate for it now, the better off you're gonna be in the long run. Yeah. Um, so I think this is a great idea to to continue our conversations and I'll put those episodes, uh, which I'm sure the ICA has in the show notes so people can watch those and send them to their staff or other people that they know to get some good information. But yeah, like we should definitely chat again and and see, you know, once we start getting questions rolling in, which I'm sure will happen, having a billing yeah. moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Pause this episode for our weekly billing moment. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I'm trying it on. Yeah. I like yeah. it. I like it. I do too. And billing, it's such a critical part of what we do. And like you said, even if you don't own a practice, and I have seen so many clinicians leave private practice because they weren't able to sustain financially. And a lot of that is due to lack of knowledge about the billing yeah. process and billing codes and changes and such. So this is really, really important information. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Yeah, thank you. I, and you know, I, I jokingly, you know, say all the time, like I, there's some, I have like this sick part of my brain that really likes this stuff. Um, <laughs> I call it sick because, you know, most people aren't excited about these things, but I don't know, for me, it's a little bit of a Rubik's cube. Yeah. It is like, we all have that. I think therapists, especially, I mean, we work with people's problems. That's like right. kind of sick in itself. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of along the same lines right like because it's a puzzle it's like we have to figure yeah. out what's going on and we have to figure out how we can you know help right. the guide it or, or assist it right. or you know help right. our clients how can we do right. that it's kind of a right puzzle. well 
Yeah. And, you know, and with the insurance companies, I, I really, really do enjoy that for some reason. And I think the reason is because I like to hold people accountable. <laughs> and so kind of holding those insurance that. companies feet to the fire, mm-hmm. you know, let me educate you a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I would really like that. If you guys ever have a spot open up, not that I need to take more on my plate, but I would, right, right. I would, you need to like clone yourself too. We need to find like a mini Jennifer for like to be your successor one day. <laughs> Short chunk of time. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I know I've said this on another uh, episode before as well, but the ICA provides mentoring. Um, yes. So if anyone is interested in going, they provide you with a mentor who helps walk you through some of the more relevant issues that, you know, and kind of how to talk about it with your representative, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. And I had no idea that even existed. I've been a member of the ICA. I've said this like 10 times. So people are probably sick of hearing this, but I've been a member of the ICA for, I don't even know how long, maybe a decade. And I've never once been involved until last year. And I had no idea 95% of what else made up of the ICA. I mean, there's so much people don't know. And that's kind of why mm-hmm. Carmel and I felt passionate about bringing light to what the ICA does and people need to know and get involved um, and advocate for our fields. So we're hoping that the information today was helpful in opening some eyes and some ears and motivating some people to join either the ICA, do some advocacy work or find out how you can get more involved. Thank you, Jennifer, so much. Thank you. I'm feeling this is not the last time we are going to talk. Uh, Maybe not. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Um, Carmel, any other questions? No, I just have? wanted to just kind of uh, shine a little light on a couple of things that I wrote down that I'm going to take with me from today with Jennifer. And once again, no fear, dig in. And advocacy is important. And if you are not a dollars and cents person, there are people out there that are. Uh, there's an insurance task force, there's the ICA, get with some people that may be able to provide some information and mentorship as it relates to dollars and cents. Yes. Good call. Excellent. All right. Well, a big thank you to Jennifer Fromwell for being on our podcast today. Um, And on behalf of counselors in Illinois, thank you for that Cigna rate increase. That was very life-changing for us. We appreciate it. And we appreciate the Illinois Counseling Association Insurance Task Force too, for all the work and advocacy that you do for us counselors. Yes, thank you. We are very grateful. And thanks to everybody for listening in today. Awesome. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.